Ninth Story Studios, giving story a voice. You're listening to the Wicked Library. <laughs> Because you listen to the Wicked Library, we know you're not just a podcast listener. You're a lover of storytelling and great narration. That's why we're proud to partner with Audible. Not only are we fans of Audible at the Wicked Library, but many of our authors and voice actors have written work and narrated content for Audible. So if you like what we do, you're sure to find lots to love on Audible. When you visit audible.com wicked or text wicked to 500-500, you can start a free 30-day trial and get a free audiobook title. Not only is Audible the leading provider of audiobooks offering bestsellers, celebrity memoirs, and self-development titles, but they also offer podcasts, guided wellness programs, exclusive Audible originals, and more. When you become an Audible member, you get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection. You'll also get access to daily news digests from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, and even guided meditation programs. We know most of you listen to the Wicked Library on your smartphones and tablets, and you can easily install the free Audible app on your same devices. If you use more than one device, you can listen across devices without losing your spot. Not sure what to try? Well, one of your favorite storytellers here in the Wicked Library, Jessica McAvoy, has a vast catalog of narration on Audible. Dawn's Hill, written by Karen Laringa, and told by Jessica is rated four and a half out of five stars, and you can get it as your free Audible title plus part of your free 30-day trial by going to audible.com slash wicked or text wicked to 500-500. And Jessica has 17 other titles to choose from. With Audible, you can listen while commuting, cooking, exercising, gardening, or working from home. Visit audible.com slash wicked or text wicked to 500-500 to start your free trial today. That's audible.com slash wicked or text wicked to 500-500. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, and welcome to episode number 1004 of the Wicked Library. I'm Daniel Foytek, and I thank you for listening. Big thank you to those who took the time to rate us five stars and write a short review for us on iTunes. Your ratings do help others find the show, and of course, we love hearing from you. The librarian asks me to remind you that our first written anthology, 13 Wicked Tales, is available on Amazon in print and Kindle, and packed with great tales by some of your favorite authors from the show. The book also features beautiful cover art and illustrations by Jeanette Andromeda. It's a fantastic collection, and we know you'll want a copy for your own Wicked Library. Get yours now at thewickedlibrary.com forward slash read. As always, before we get started today, a big thank you to those of you who are supporting the show. Without you, this show would not be possible in its current form. On behalf of all the authors and everyone else involved in making the show, a sincere thank you for your support of this show and of independent horror fiction. 
If you're not yet supporting the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wicked library. Today's episode features a dark tale by an author making his debut appearance on our show, Ronald J. Murray, with a story written just for us, Jealousy. Today's storyteller is one of our favorite voice actors, Graham Rowett, accompanied by a custom score written by our resident composer, Nico Viteze of We Talk of Dreams. Please, if you enjoyed the story, find Ronald's work and buy it. It keeps him making more. You can find out more about Ronald and find links to his work on his bio page at thewickedlibrary.com. Now, let's get wicked. I didn't want to move until it was finished. I wasn't sure what could happen if I did. So I just watched the water drain from the tub. I pulled my legs closer to my body and hugged them. The new inches of distance between my toes and the bathtub drain hardly served as an alleviation. The sphere was new, and it was strange. The miniature maelstrom churned above that dark mouth. I watched as it gulped with a moldy throat. A gurgle pounded against the quiet of the bathroom when the last of my water swirled away. I shuddered at the sound. When the sizzle of soap suds that escaped the pull fell to silence, I allowed steady breathing to return to my chest. I pressed the towel against my face and exhaled deeply into the cloth. The darkness over my eyes was like a shield for a moment, but I knew I still stood in the tub. I stepped out onto the bathroom floor and shivered against the cold of the linoleum beneath the soles of my feet. This whole room felt... off. Something was weird. Dreamlike. Not real. I snatched the fantasy novel I'd been trying to read in the bath from the edge of the tub, as if the drain would steal that, too, as if it wasn't just a drain that had actually stolen anything at all. What could a drain, a bathtub, a bathroom, steal? Nothing. I knew that. I ran the tips of my finger and thumb along the length of my eyebrows, and then pinched the bridge of my nose. I needed a minute to collect myself. In just a minute, this would pass, like some nightmarish deja vu, and my nightly relaxation ritual wouldn't be ruined after all. The minute passed. I allowed the subtle heat of private embarrassment to rise in my face. Afraid of the drain? I chuckled at myself. A grown adult afraid of the bathtub. I wasn't so different from everyone else. I had a shitty job that barely paid enough to cover my outrageous portion of the rent. I had groceries to buy. I had real-life risks and stresses that should occupy my mind. Risks and stresses I was trying to escape by reading in the bath. Afraid of the drain? Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But I flashed my eyes toward the tub again. I slowly dragged my line of vision along its blue, soap-scum-stained length. Long, black hairs stuck in clumps along the acrylic surface. Not mine, I thought, reaching to feel the orange curls of my hair. They had to have come from Reggie's head. Yeah, that was Reggie's hair. The silver faucet held my distorted reflection. I couldn't see the details of my face in it. I was a silhouette in front of the light above the bathroom mirror behind me, like a fuzzy image from a dream. I stared and I swallowed. Not just the drain. I blinked 
and barely glanced toward the bathroom door when I heard Reggie come in through the front door in the living room and toss his keys onto the end table, especially the drain, but the entire tub too. I felt the cold of the floor beneath my feet again. The entire bathroom. I closed my eyes. I don't know for how long I kept them closed. I just know that I swam in the darkness behind them, in some weird bliss, knowing that I didn't have to look at my surroundings. A fist rapidly pounded against the bathroom door. I jumped. I swung around and noticed that I'd knocked my book into the bathroom sink. The leaky faucet permitted drips of water to soak into the pages along their edges before I could grab it. I winced at the sight of wet, expanding paper. Hey, fuckface. My roommate's deep voice boomed through the door. Yeah? Bath time's over, he said. It's 11.30 and I gotta be up at 6. I sighed. All right, I'll be out as soon as I get dressed. Nah. He laughed. Wrap the towel around yourself and go get dressed in your room. I need to shower. I grunted quietly. The idea of getting my own place got sweeter and sweeter with every one of these interactions. I missed having more space than just a bedroom to define myself. I missed my house on that quiet, dead-end street. Even the dog that had jumped the neighbor's fence to harass me when I went out to work on my car had become a fond memory. Living with Reggie wasn't like how I'd imagined it would be. He had slowly turned sour toward me. I'd begun to think of him as someone that only used to be a very close friend. I missed when we got along, before we lived together. And above everything else, I missed Anastasia. I pined for her warmth next to me in our bed, her sleeping coos, her giggles at my stupid jokes, and the scent of her tightly curled black hair haunted me. I wish I could remember why we separated. Something stupid, probably. If I could find a way to convince her to take me back... Riley! Reggie's fist pounded the door again. All right, all right. I wrapped the towel around myself and turned the doorknob. Reggie forced the door open the rest of the way and pushed past me. The pungent odor of the glistening sweat on pale skin that stretched tightly over his laborer's body maliciously swirled around my nostrils. I noticed deep red scratches slashed across his shirtless chest. His gun protruded from the waistband of his pants. He always carried that thing on him, even in his own house. The second my foot crossed the threshold into the hallway, he slammed the door. What the hell happened to you? I asked. Fuck off. The bathtub faucet screamed seconds later. I cringed, and I walked quickly down the hall toward my bedroom. I sat at the edge of my chair and almost unconsciously tapped my fingertips against the surface of my desk. The taste of plastic clung to my mouth from chewing on the end of my pen. Anxiety trapped me like a prison, and this cubicle exacerbated the flames in my stomach. The fact that the internet and phone lines were down didn't help, and neither did the chatter of co-workers that banged against my ears. I wondered if management would send us home. Maybe they liked paying their employees to sit around for hours with nothing to do but talk. Along with everything else, they seemed strange too. Gathered behind the locked door of a conference room, they also talked for hours. Maybe something was happening. Maybe something already had happened. It sure felt that way. Uneasiness clung to the air like static. I could almost taste it. 
Was the haze that seemed to veil everything just a trick of my tired eyes? I blinked. The oppressive dim remained, despite the fluorescent lighting. I shook my head and rubbed my eyes with the finger and thumb of one hand. I realized I'd been toying with the computer mouse, which awakened my temporarily useless monitors. I vibrated my lips with an exhale and reached into my pocket. The illuminated screen of my cell phone revealed no new notifications. Anastasia hadn't texted me back, and she'd returned none of the calls I'd made to her. She wasn't a monster. I know somewhere inside her she still cared. So why wouldn't she answer me? I just wanted to hear her voice again, if anything. I wanted to know what happened to us and what I could do to fix it. Our separation was so sudden and so fuzzy in my head, distant and unrecoverable, like some memory suppressed and locked away. Could I get her to tell me she loved me? If I could just hear it one more time, even if it did nothing but fan the fire that burned my insides, it would be worth it. Riley, a voice said from behind me. I heard it, but I didn't react. Something inside of me didn't let me turn around. Please, I typed on the phone screen. Please answer me. Please tell me what I did and why this is happening. I deserve to know. Earth to Riley, the voice continued. Wake up. I finally turned and met the face of the girl who sat behind me. I couldn't remember her name, but I always thought she looked like my sister. Light brown hair that unfurled in waves and a petite pale face that housed green eyes, so I always wanted to call her Elise. I raised my eyebrows as if to question why she'd broken my thoughts. Do you know what happened? The way she asked the question wasn't in such a way that she was curious about anything. Her tone said that she knew something and was checking to see if I did too. An ambiguous expression tugged at her facial features. I couldn't place what she was feeling. I just saw that she wasn't smiling. No, what? The girl opened her mouth to speak, but I raised my hand to stop her. My phone vibrated my palm. I'm sorry, give me just a second. The name on the notification bar read Anastasia. She'd finally answered me. I shot up from my chair and walked quickly toward the back hallway near the restrooms. I needed space to focus on this text message and what I would say in reply. I tapped the screen with a shaking thumb and opened the text. My eyes traced the letters of a single word. Jealousy. I drew my eyebrows inward and looked up from the screen and into the empty space around me. Jealousy. No exploration of my memories with her found any moment that either of us expressed jealousy. I never felt threatened by anyone in our circle of mutual friends or the friends she kept that I knew nothing of aside from their names and that they cared about her. Was it someone in my life? She wouldn't kick me out if she felt as though someone I knew had been encroaching on our relationship. No, she'd talk to me about it, and we would have worked it out. What do you mean? I typed in reply. Jealousy? I don't understand. I stood in that hallway, outside the men's bathroom door, waiting. No reply came. Please, I typed. I tapped send. Another few moments... Still nothing. My stomach exploded, tying knots with tongues of fire. Something was wrong. Terribly, terribly wrong. I needed to leave. I needed to leave now. With no explanation given to my supervisors, I didn't have time to wait for them anyways. 
I made my way to the stairwell through the door at the back of the hall. My feet pounded toward the bottom. Then they'd pound the accelerator in my car, and I'd pray that no cops crossed my blazing path on the way to Anastasia's, our, house. Reggie looked at me from across the kitchen table with furrowed brows. Two of the bulbs in the ceiling light fixture had been burnt out for some time. The dim, yellow light cast shadows across his face. He looked like a nightmare, but I don't think he was angry. I think he was just concentrating on what I was stumbling to explain. He ran a hand down his face and spoke. No, he said, shaking his head. I don't want anything to do with this. Reggie, I pleaded. Come on, man. You've known her even longer than I have. Somebody needs to reach out to her, and she won't communicate with me. Something is wrong. He folded his arms across his broad chest. What makes you say that? He sighed and closed his eyes for a second. I've been trying to get a hold of her all day. She wouldn't answer. I ran a hand through my hair and inhaled deeply. I, I even drove to the house, and she wouldn't answer the door. I opened my eyes wider and gestured to strengthen my point. Her car was in the driveway. Reggie scoffed and lifted a hand from his bicep briefly. Maybe you're coming off a little strong, Riley. There's obviously a reason she doesn't want you anymore. I took my phone from my pocket and opened the text from earlier. She sent me this. I slid my phone across the table. His eyes widened and then narrowed at the screen. He lifted his head to look at me through slits. What the hell is she talking about? You know her and I never had any issues like that. He forcefully slid the phone back in my direction. The corner cracked against the knuckle on my hand I'd had rested on the table. He stood from his chair. Can you, like, text her? Or something? Please! I felt pathetic, begging like this. But I felt so desperate. I don't know, Riley. I haven't spoken to Anastasia in a month or so. You know what happened. He turned his back to me and started to walk away. No! I said, shaking my head. No, I don't. I know you two had a little falling out, but I don't know what happened. Please, enlighten me. He shrugged and chuckled with his back still turned to me. Just go get your book and take one of your fucking baths. He turned back around and leaned toward me, placing his bald fists against the surface of the table. And after that, why don't you shop around for your own apartment? Gladly, I thought. I scowled. You're supposed to be my friend. That's why you took me in when all this shit went south, isn't it? Why have you been acting like such an asshole towards me? He made a thin line with his lips and pushed himself away from the table. Without another word, he walked away. The front door slammed with his departure. I stood naked in the bathroom with a towel draped over my arm and a book in my hand. I took a step closer to the tub and hung the towel over the curtain rod above my head. I set my book on the edge of the tub and reached to turn the water on. The knob was ice cold. I reflexively snapped my hand away from it. I took a step backward and turned to look at the clothes I'd folded and stacked neatly on the toilet lid. The flannel pants and oversized hoodie reminded me that I didn't have to do this. I could just put them on and go to bed. I turned back to the tub and traced its length with my eyes. They stopped at the drain. I shook my head. I decided I'd just read in bed, wrapped in the warmth of a comforter. Water turned cold eventually anyways. Blankets didn't. They stayed warm and comfortable. Maybe in the morning, everything would be different. Maybe tomorrow, Anastasia would call me 
and tell me to come home. Hey! Hey! The whisper broke through the veil of my sleep. Wake up! I felt the soft sole of a cold foot touching the top of mine. It nudged me gently. I made a noise and attempted to roll away. I wanted to sink back into the darkness that rested against my closed eyelids. A hand caught my arm and squeezed. Seriously, said the voice, firmer this time, louder. Please, wake up! Wait, wait, I knew that voice. A rush of furnace fire from the pit of my stomach found my head, and I opened my eyes to the pitch black of the bedroom. The smell was familiar, too, like a woman's hair fresh from the shower. I extended my hand to touch the body in bed next to me. My palm found familiar curves. Anna? Riley, she said. Riley, wake up. What is that noise? I concentrated, listening. A dull, rhythmic beeping played from somewhere distant in the house. The hallway, maybe? The alarm panel? Did someone open the front door? Wait, where am I? I think, the voice of Anastasia continued, that someone is in the house. Call the police. What? No, no. I rubbed at my sleepy eyes that still reached for dreaming. It's probably nothing, I said through a yawn. That's the alert for the front door. I'll reset it from my phone. It's probably just the panel fucking up again. If someone broke in, why would they come in through the front door? No, Riley, this is serious. Wake up and call 911. I grunted and sat up and swung my legs over the edge of the bed, throwing the covers off. Using my hands to feel around in the dark, I found the light switch and flipped it. I blinked and squinted. I'll call Guardian then. Maybe someone can come out and replace the panel. Riley! Her voice was shaken, afraid. I tried to reassure her. I'm sure everything is... One ice-blue eye whirled around, looking around our bedroom with desperate fear. The other was just... not there. A thin layer of skin stretched tightly over the socket. The jet-black hair that framed her pale face dripped, soaking wet. She was naked, and the droplets of water collected along her skin glistened. The sheets beneath her were dark. Water dripped from the bed and thudded against the hardwood below. I lurched away from the scene. She began shaking her head. Call 911, she screamed. Water poured from her mouth and nostrils. Call 911! Call 911! Call 911! I shut my eyes. With a shaken hand, I reached for the doorknob. I leaned against it to steady myself. My head whirled. It felt like the floor shifted beneath my feet. The sound of her screaming voice faded inside my head like an echo. My knees felt weak. Everything fell quiet, save for the sound of dripping. I opened my eyes. I found myself lying in the empty bathtub. The leaky faucet permitted droplets of water to slap against the acrylic. Dark brown streaks, like dried blood, stained the blue surface of the sides and front of the tub. They trailed to the drain where the brown built to a thicker, darker hue. I shot upward to sit against the back of the tub. I focused on my shaken breathing, trying to calm myself. A dream? It felt like more. Deeper. Realer. I looked to the stains in the tub 
and then to my ankles. Did I thrash in my sleep and cut myself? My skin revealed no slits or gashes. The fluorescent tube above the bathroom sink flickered dramatically to ignite a migraine pain behind my eyes. I blinked. Something scratched from somewhere. The scraping grew loud enough to drown out the dripping. I looked around, but I knew where the sound had come from. I leaned forward and crawled to the drain. I peered into the dark throat that swallowed comforts, that now seemingly drank blood. An eyeball rolled around, like the drain had become its socket, and it seemingly begged to be flushed away. It looked with an iris pigmented by pale blue. I sprang to my feet and jumped from the tub. What the fuck? I grabbed my clothes from the toilet lid and escaped the bathroom with running feet. Please, I typed on my cell phone screen. Please just tell me you're okay. I don't even care if you take me back or ever explain to me why you wanted me gone. I just need to know that you're okay. I pressed send and leaned back in my chair. I rubbed my eyes and lifted my head to peer into the tubes of light in the ceiling. The office was mostly empty today. Only the emergency lights illuminated the area, which accentuated the gray filter that veiled the atmosphere these days. In the mornings, before anyone from management arrived, keeping the main lights off was normal. But it was nearly noon. I checked the calendar to be sure I didn't accidentally come in on a Saturday to work with those that like to spend their weekends getting overtime. But it was Tuesday. A holiday? No, just a regular Tuesday. The few that occupied their cubicles kept quiet, noses buried in their work with headphones on. My assigned row only held myself and the girl that looked like Elise. That sounds like a hell of a nightmare, the girl that looked like Elise said from behind me. She clicked her tongue against the roof of her mouth. Yeah, I sighed. Yeah, it was. I turned my chair back around to face her, and she gave me a slight shrug. It just sounds like, she continued, that you're just really afraid of losing her. Your separation has really affected you. I don't even know why I'm opening up to you about it. I looked away for a moment, gazing down the row. I know it'll just end up being office gossip. It's okay. I know what it's like to be afraid to lose someone you love. Her expression grew serious, sad. She sighed and continued. Years ago, my brother was shot by his friend. He survived, and he's okay now. He was just comatose for a while. Shit was scary. I had nightmares about it for a long time. Still do, from time to time. I hope your brother isn't friends with this person anymore. She chuckled. Of course not. You can't really be friends with someone that shot themselves in the face after they thought they murdered you. I realized I'd sat there wordlessly for a few moments before I replied, Why would your brother's friend do something like that? She shook her head and looked away, as if thinking of something to say. I don't know. Sometimes people that appear to be your friends really aren't. Sometimes they stab you in the back with little betrayals. She shrugged. And sometimes they shoot you. I guess it just boils down to the fact that you have to be careful of who you allow into your life, or who you continue to allow to be a part of your life, even if they were at one point a genuine friend. Her words banged against the insides of my skull. I spent a long while just slouched in my chair, my fingers laced and rested on my stomach, thinking about them. 
The girl that looked like Elise didn't seem to mind that I took a few minutes to process what she told me. She didn't turn away. She just watched the shifting expressions on my face. Then she spoke again. So what happened, you know, to cause a rift between you and Anastasia? I gave her an inquisitive look. I don't remember telling her my wife's name. Maybe I did. Everything was swirling and confusing. A detail overlooked, I guess. I... I honestly don't know. I've been trying to get a hold of her to find out. I swallowed hard. Don't you think I deserve to know? A hint of a smile touched her lips, but it was sad. I think you know. It's somewhere deep in there. You just have to drag it out. The smile fell away. You have to remember, Riley. I nodded. I think I'm going to head out for the day. I don't feel like I should be here. The furnace in my stomach reignited. My insides begged me to swing by Anastasia's again, just to check. It's not like there's anything going on here anyways. Barely anyone showed up. The girl laughed. What do you mean? I collided with someone when I stood from my chair. They'd been on their way down the aisle in a hurry. A stack of papers fell from their arms and scattered on the floor. I'm so sorry, I said, bending to help them. When I stood to hand the papers over, I looked over a brightly lit office with cubicles full of movement and work and conversations over headsets connected to office phones. Ringing and talking and the clatter of keyboards and clicking mice rattled against the walls, filling my ears. I looked down at the girl. She sat motionless inside the sudden whirl of movement, beneath the artificial glow of rows of fluorescent tubes in the ceiling tile. Her gaze remained locked on me. Yeah, I said to myself beneath my breath. What in the fuck was even happening? God, I must be cracking, I thought. I am definitely fucking cracking. I then nodded to the girl and continued my goodbye. It's definitely time for me to get out of here, I said. Have a good day, and thanks for hearing me out and talking to me. I walked quickly to the exit. I looked back again at the scene that was invisible to my eyes just minutes ago, and then I rushed off toward the stairs. The front door, left unlocked, opened easily with a turn of the knob. The hinges cried to welcome me home. I didn't remember the hallway that met me on the other side, despite the years I'd lived there. I'd come home from work every day through that front door. This hallway had never been here. Long and dark, my slow and careful footsteps thudded against the hardwood as I followed its length. The walls that closed me in and the ceiling only inches above my head mocked my confusion and distress with stained off-white that housed my dancing shadow. A trail of water rested between my feet, still and narrow. Curious. Baby? Called a distressed Anastasia. Baby, is that you? Her voice sounded like static, as if she spoke from the other side of an old speaker. I slowed to a stop. I stood completely still, careful not to make another sound. I listened. Would she speak again? Make sure you shut off that damn alarm panel. I heard it now, that distant, rhythmic beeping. Forty-five seconds to get there and put in the code, or the police would be dispatched. I always thought the security company allowed too much time. A lot could happen in forty-five seconds. Riley! She called again. The static had become more prominent, further distorting her voice. I need your help, please. 
I took a slow step forward. This isn't real. It couldn't be. My foot crashed against the floor, and the now blaring alarm shattered the silence like glass. Anastasia's voice played again, but backward. Her words rewound like a cassette tape. Then she spoke again with a tone of anger. It was only those couple of times! She yelled. I'm not! No! My pace quickened through the hallway. Shadows clung to the walls in thicker clumps as I advanced. What if... She sobbed now. Riley! The scream was guttural, blood-curdling. The silence returned while I ran. The hallway ended at a door. Cracks marred the white paint on the wood. I opened it. On the other side, I somehow, in my own house, found myself inside the same bathroom at Reggie's place. The flickering tube above the sink. The blue tub gaping at me like a mouth that wants to swallow me. A mouth now covered almost entirely in stains of brown and clusters of black mold and its faucet dripping and dripping and dripping. The drain groaned and scraped and scratched. The pipes shuddered beneath. Everything seemed slow. I wanted to rub my eyes or smack myself to wake up. I was awake, wasn't I? This was real, wasn't it? I crouched beside the tub. I touched its edge. The cold acrylic surface against my fingertips felt real. Real. I reached up and put my face into my palms. I squeezed my eyes shut against my fingers. I felt my hot breath bounce back against my cheeks with an exhale. I was real. I saw the ghost of light in front of my eyelids flicker dramatically. A squirming, wet, slapping and sucking noise filled the quiet. My nostrils captured the copper scent of blood swirling to mingle with the pungent odor of sweat. The smell of fear and a fight. What really happened? I opened my eyes. Large, black, leech-like things filled the mouth of the tub. Wiry black hairs protruded from the large ends that I guessed were their heads. Writhing, they slipped atop one another, as if in some desperate climb to escape the walls that confined them. I wasn't afraid. I was... numb. Numb and cold and tired, and my eyes and head felt fuzzy. I sat and watched their struggle. One flipped over in the mess. I swallowed and leaned closer with intrigue. A miniature human face stared back at me. Anastasia's face. A peaceful sleep fallen over it, with one eye patched by a thin layer of skin. I filled my lungs with a slow and careful breath. I swallowed to drown the lump that formed in my throat and blinked away the tears that welled in my eyes. It's somewhere deep in there. You just have to drag it out. The words echoed in my mind. I shivered and fell to sit on the floor, wrapping my arms around my legs with my eyes still glued on the pool of creatures in front of me. Shaken breaths passed through my parted lips. You have to remember, Riley. Long hours passed, stretching on like blurred time that passes when you sleep through recovering from illness. I dug through my head, desperately, like one would with fingers through mud, to find something precious that they dropped. I could produce nothing. I couldn't even remember a conversation had before leaving to live elsewhere, before leaving my wife alone, 
I couldn't remember anything other than that first bath to relax and read, where I'd realized my fear of the drain, the tub. When did I even start liking to take baths to relax at night anyways? That wasn't something I'd done before going to live with Reggie. The rattling doorknob on the white bathroom door pulled my focus away from the tub. I watched the faded and scratched brass turn, and I heard the shriek of hinges when the door finally opened. Reggie crossed the threshold, and he looked down over me with a face full of expressionless features. He took another slow step closer to me. He loomed over me, as if to wordlessly threaten me. My tired, bloodshot eyes met his. My gaping mouth struggled, but finally spoke. What are you doing? I said, automatically, like I'd been spitting words into the world from the edge of a dream. In my house, Reggie. He smirked and chuckled through his nostrils and took another step. He crouched to my level, and I felt his hand grip the back of my head. He squeezed a fistful of my hair in his grip. I didn't fight it when he pushed me forward. I couldn't. It was like I'd been someone else, and I was just experiencing this assault through these eyes and this body. The Anastasia face leeches squirmed inches beneath my face. I wanted to gag on the smell of blood and sweat. They all turned upward and opened their mouths, begging to suck me dry. They screamed my name in a cluster of tiny, screeching wails, over and over and over. Reggie finally submerged my head beneath the swirling, undulating mess. The leeches filled my mouth and my ears and my nostrils. I couldn't breathe. I tried to. I fought to. But the leeches just found their way deeper into my throat and my head my lungs. I could feel them moving inside of me, screaming inside of me. Everything became distant, still present in some muffled and quiet way. I stopped fighting. I just let the expanse of darkness that crept into my head wash over me. Then, nothing. I'd just been lying there, looking at the ceiling tracing the familiar cracks that split the paint near the motionless ceiling fan. My watering eyes ran tears down the sides of my head to soak the edges of my hairline. A splitting pain ran along the center of my skull. I couldn't blink it away, and sleep was a domain I'd wanted to avoid. I couldn't risk another nightmare. Reggie hadn't been home for days, or had it been only hours one to be chalked up to the list of things I was no longer sure of. I could only be sure that I wasn't complaining. This time alone allowed room to rest my pounding head, to do my best to collect the scattered pieces of myself strewn across my splintering mind. I pulled the covers closer to my skin. God, I felt like ice. I shivered. When had I last been to work? The question pinged like an echo in the back of my head. It was for the better that I'd taken a few days off. I didn't want to ever go back. The nagging pull to go back to my house, to Anastasia's house, because I kept feeling like something horrific had happened to her, had been more intense at my desk. It's not like I could get any work done anyways. And that place was a nightmare on its own, considering my last experience there. Or was I even there? I ran my nails along the length of my face and forced an exhale between my fingers when they crossed my lips. Was I in this bed the entire time? Had everything been a dream? I couldn't trust how real the sheets felt beneath me. I couldn't trust the cracks in the ceiling, 
or the bathroom, or the text in my phone that sat on the bed next to me. I couldn't trust my eyes that told me that this was a room at Reggie's place. I couldn't trust Reggie, who drowned me in a pool of leeches with Anastasia's face in some fever dream hallucination. This was all a loss. I could no longer properly function. I felt like I should just kill myself. Or let Reggie kill me, if he hated me that much. His recent behavior sure enforced that thought. I might as well be tied down by wires and tubes. I was done. The front door swung open and thudded against its frame in the living room. I slowly turned my head in the direction of the sound and listened to the increasing volume of boot steps that snuck closer to me. The knob on the door to my room turned. I blinked and inhaled and accepted whatever would cross the threshold. Reggie walked in and loomed over me. His shoulders looked broader and his chest puffed further outward. His hands were balled into fists and his jawbones flared with the pressure of clenched teeth. He looked like a monster dressed in laborer's clothes. I didn't say a word. I just looked up at him and accepted whatever was about to happen. If he killed me here and now, in this bed, I wouldn't fight it. I'd be better off dead than living a series of increasingly horrific nightmares and hallucinations, not knowing at any moment whether I was awake or sleeping, or just seeing things. I steadied my breathing and prepared. He straightened and looked over me with narrowed eyes. Why did you go there? He spoke with a firm tone. You know you shouldn't have. I looked up at him with half-closed eyes. I spoke with a voice that was half there, slow, slurred, and sleepy. Go where? What do you mean? He scoffed. You fucking know what I mean. You went to Anastasia's. No, I didn't. That was a dream. He leaned over me, placing his fists next to me on the mattress. I fucking saw you there. I was there. Wake up, Riley. She doesn't want you anymore. Leave her alone. He stood again and laughed, looking somewhere past me. He looked at the wall, maybe. Or maybe he looked out the window next to my bed. And now they know. Because you went there. And now you know. They now know. I rolled to my side and sat up halfway, putting my weight on one elbow. I furrowed my brows and dug into Reggie with my eyes. Who knows what? What are you talking about? I don't understand. He sighed through his nostrils. They know. He paused. And you know. You know that she's mine now. He looked down at me again. She's mine now. Forever and always. Just as I always wanted it to be. His eyes had become glazed over. The caricature of a peaceful smile tugged at the corners of his mouth. I guess that makes you mine now, too, in a way. He shrugged. It's why you're here, after all. She's yours now? My head whirled. I pinched the bridge of my nose. Who knows? What? They know. And it's because you saw it. The pitch of his voice became higher. He spoke faster. You saw her becoming mine. And you told them. I heard the front door burst open like an explosion. A cluster of boots slammed against the floor and moved throughout the house in a swift mess of thuds. Calm but hasty shouts shot through the air like bullets. In the bathroom! In the bathroom! A deep voice yelled urgently to the others. 
Three gun-wielding, armor-clad police officers burst through my bedroom door. One kept their gun fixed on Reggie, while the others tackled him to the floor. I blinked, and he was on his stomach, hands cuffed behind his back. They didn't notice me. As they dragged Reggie away through the door, I swung my legs over the edge of the bed. I stood and crossed the floor. In the bathroom, in the bathroom, echoed in my head. I pushed the bathroom door open. Blood streaked from the side of the tub to pool onto the tile floor. The floor of the tub itself had seemingly fallen in on itself, leaving a gaping hole, a mouth to breathe hot air at me. The faint sound of thudding feet and grunting and splashing and crying poured from the throat. I stood over the opening. My gaze could not tear through the thick, material black of the abyss beneath me. With one leg, I tested its depth. My foot touched no surface as I straddled the edge. I swung my other leg over and sat on the edge. I looked at my feet, dangling over the blackness. I hesitated and inhaled deeply. A few inches forward, and I descended with a quick fall. I'd found a narrow hallway with some impossibly high, unseen ceiling hidden by shadows waiting for me at the bottom. My body slapped against a wet floor, sending droplets of water shooting upward at my face. A deep echo bounced the sound back toward me. My eyes hurt when I tried to peer through the black that enveloped me. I took my phone from the pocket of my slacks, a piece of the business casual work clothes I knew I hadn't been wearing in bed moments ago, and found the flashlight app in the drop-down menu. I began traversing the length of the hall by the light with slow, uncertain steps. On either side of me, a sculpted image of my own face patterned the walls like a sick collage. A neutral expression painted stone-white features, and the eyelids were closed as if in peaceful sleep. I tried not to look at them after my first examination, deciding it would be best to just keep my head forward and press on. The shallow stream of water that covered the width of the floor began rushing toward me in intermittent spurts. I imagined a coughing mouth expelling water from lungs. I heard the distant, muffled sound of squealing hinges, a gasp vocalized, then a splash. Everything sounded as though it played from a tape reel all around me, echoey, staticky, and above me, behind me, beside me. But only darkness and walls patterned by my sleeping face and the water on the floor accompanied me. I slowed my pace and focused on listening. My ears perked. I nearly stopped in my tracks. What the hell? said Anastasia's terrified voice. What are you doing here? Sloshing accompanied her words, as if she quickly moved in a small pool of water. Sorry to interrupt your reading. Reggie's chuckle echoed. I'm here to see you, babe. Why else would I be here? While I'm bathing? You just came into my house, unannounced without knocking? Come on. Reggie laughed. It's not like I haven't seen you naked before. And of course, I thought we were close enough that I could just come in. What's the problem? Just... She sighed. Just get out. No, come on. Let me in there with you. I heard the clang of a belt buckle come loose. Reggie, get out of my bathroom. Get out of my house. Oh, Anna, calm down. It's not like we haven't done this before. More sloshing echoed. That was only those couple of times, and they were a mistake. 
And we can't do it again. It's wrong, Reggie. It's wrong. It's not fair to Riley. What if... He laughed loudly. If you really loved Riley, you wouldn't have fucked me those times. So does it even really matter? Yes. She replied firmly. It does matter. It really does. I stopped walking. My stomach twisted. I wanted to throw up. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Are you going to tell Riley about us then? There is no us. There were a couple of drunken nights that ended in mistakes when Riley wasn't around, and they were wrong. Now please, leave. Leave before I call the police. But I... I love you, Anastasia. I can give you so much better. No, Reggie, listen to me. I love Riley. There is nothing here. Nothing between us. Now get out. Get out! Reggie made a noise that sounded like a trembling exhale through his nostrils. No. No, I won't. You're fucking mine, and you need to realize that. I'm calling the police. Put your fucking phone down. My phone vibrated my palm. The backlight ignited the screen. A push notification appeared. A text from Anastasia. It read, Riley, I need you home now. Hurry. Help. I ran. The narrow darkness stretched into material shadow ahead. I had no idea where this hall ended. My legs couldn't carry me along its length quickly enough. I heard flesh smack against flesh. The sound of a fist connecting with skin. Anastasia sobbed. Knuckles slammed flesh again and again. Water splashed. Please, Reggie! She cried. His only reply, from what I could hear, came as a sharp inhale through clenched teeth. Then he grunted. No! Her shout had been abruptly cut off. Another splash, sloshing, the sounds of a struggle. I ran harder. My lungs burned. The light of my flashlight seemed to strobe with my bouncing and swinging arms. I prayed I would get to the end of this hall soon. If this hall ended at all, of course. It did. I nearly tripped and fell forward when I skidded to a stop. I nearly turned and ran the other direction when my head processed what I was looking at. The hallway didn't end with a door or a wall. I stopped at a towering version of Anastasia's face. I had to run my flashlight upward to see her expressionless entirety. One eye remained closed, while the other had been sealed by that thin layer of skin. Massive, chapped lips trembled, then moved to form words. Riley. The wind of her whisper felt hot against my body. Her breath smelled like rot and mildew. It's time to wake up now. One eye opened to look down at me with an icy blue gaze. Her mouth opened wide to spill water toward me. I was met with a dark tunnel where her throat should have been. I hesitated. I didn't want a step further. But I knew I had to. So I did. Everything felt like a memory or a dream when I reached the end of the darkness and opened a white door. I found myself in the bathroom in my home when I closed the door behind me. It was identical to the bathroom at Reggie's, or the bathroom I thought was at Reggie's. The alarm system blared, but it sounded distant and muffled. Everything moved quickly, blurry, but it all felt slow, and I felt panicked and helpless and sick, and like my insides were on fire, really on fire, with the white-hot flames of terror and anger. What the fuck are you doing? I screamed. Reggie crouched over the bathtub, 
the muscles in his shirtless back flexed as he applied downward pressure to a flailing Anastasia. I dropped the cell phone, which already had an open line with 911, to the floor. I rushed at him. My bald fists had no effect on him as they collided with his back and the back of his head. Anastasia's naked body fell still and pale and dead. Her limbs floated to the surface of the water. The book she'd been reading floated in the tub beside her. Blood trailed to the tile floor from the edge of the blue acrylic tub. The blood had obviously come from her eye, which had since swollen completely closed. Reggie turned toward me. He reached for the gun that he always kept in the waistband of his pants. He pulled it and pointed it at me. His face contorted. His skin was almost tinged purple, and the veins pulsed in his forehead. Tears poured from his eyes. She was supposed to be mine, he said. He pulled the trigger. I fell to the floor. I clutched my stomach. My skin became quickly coated in my own blood. I writhed and screamed in searing pain until weakness and stillness took me. Reggie appeared to stand over me. His silhouette blurred and came into focus. He pointed the gun at me again. This time he took aim at my face. I heard the front door burst open. A cluster of feet pounded on the hardwood floor in the living room. Reggie turned the gun upward and placed the barrel beneath his chin. I watched him pull the trigger. I saw his blood and brain matter paint the white of my bathroom ceiling. The white of the flickering fluorescent tube above the sink got brighter and brighter and brighter. My vision became filled with burning white light. I don't remember closing my eyes, but I must have because I opened them. When I did, my vision was assaulted with more bright white. I found myself staring at a light fixture in a white tiled ceiling. Pain tore through my body. My skin felt irritated, and the coarse white fabric beneath me and covering me didn't help. Rhythmic beeping played from somewhere beside me, and I realized it was the sound of a machine that monitored my heartbeat. I was lying in a hospital bed. Please stay awake this time, Riley, said a familiar female voice from beside me. Please, please, please. I couldn't turn my head, but I moved my eyes and strained to look. Elise sat in a chair next to my bed. Her face lit up, a smile pushing her cheeks into puffs when she saw that I looked at her. I couldn't speak. I tried. My lips barely moved, and I made some strange, throaty sound when I tried to vocalize my thoughts. I wanted to tell her that I remembered, that I know what happened. I wanted to tell her that I got a text from Anastasia telling me to come home. I wanted her to know that I remembered rushing home from work and finding out that the man who was supposed to be my best friend murdered my wife because he was jealous and crazy. I wanted to cry to her that I wish I'd known so I could have prevented this tragedy. I wanted her to tell me that, even though I couldn't turn back time and change the past, everything would be okay one day. Elise stood up. She gently placed her hand on my arm. I'll go get the nurse. Or, or the doctor. Hang on. I watched her run from the room and into the hallway outside the door, shouting excitedly for a nurse. I took a breath and I felt how real the air was that filled my lungs. I felt how real the raging fire in the pit of my stomach was. 
I wanted to ball my fists and spit flames and smoke with a grinding, angry scream. With the pandemic in full swing, people are stocking up on food supplies and staples and retreating into bunkers, hurriedly dug backyard tunnels, and other undisclosed locations. But you might also want to stock up on stories and entertainment, too. If you love the Wicked Library, and why would you be listening if you don't, we'd like to remind you that we rely upon the support of our listeners to keep making the show you love. While our free show does contain ads to help us offset the costs of production, The show is expensive to produce, and without Patreon and website members, we couldn't keep making the show in its current form. Season 10 has over 20 full-sized episodes, custom-written just for us by some really big names in horror, with amazing voice actors telling the tales and custom scores by the amazing Nico Viteze. Plus, we're making several all-new Private Collector episodes, Not only do our supporters get the satisfaction of knowing they're a part of making the show possible, but we give out wicked fun rewards like access to our archives, ad-free shows, and more. Plus, at the $5 a month and above level, you get more content, like our show Wicked Fairy Tales, as told by your librarian. Private collector-level supporters hear our audio drama episodes several months before we share them with the full audience, and of course, all of our content is ad-free for supporters so you don't have to listen to stuff like this. Sign up today at patreon.com forward slash wicked library or at thewickedlibrary.com. We're working very hard to make the show sustainable, but we do need your help to do that. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.